Hey Radio Nonsense listeners, if your grotty bleaters, sorry, grown-ups, want to help support this podcast, then they can sign you up to the Linda Edition via Apple Podcasts or Acast Plus. The Linda Edition is a version of this very show where adverts appear as often as Linda does, which is never. Yes, including this annoying advert at the beginning. You'll also get the podcast a whole day earlier than everyone else, and you never know, if enough people sign up, there might be bonus content too. Get those grotty bleaters to hit the button on Apple Podcasts, or find the confusing link in the podcast blurb to do it on Acast+. Plus. Linda? You hear that, Linda? You have your own edition of the show, Linda? You are listening to... Comedy Club for Kids presents... Arigato gozaimasu and welcome to Radio Nonsense, the official comedy club for kids podcast that is suitable for everyone of all ages from Nicks to Nifty Nowsend and Nicks. I'm Tin and, and that's the way it is. What's happening with all you this week? Well, me, I've been very busy exercising. Uh, as I've been told by lots of people, you have to exercise to keep healthy. And it's true. So far, I've got rid of at least 15 evil spirits and I feel great. No longer are they shouting boo at me when I go to the toilet or writing rude messages on the mirror when I brush my teeth like you brush your teeth like a stupid head and your breath smells of eggs. It's been horrible. And they don't fill my shoes with slime anymore and they've stopped scaring my cat, which is mainly because I don't actually have a cat. It turns out it was another ghost all along and that explains why it never ate any of the cat food and it instead just slimed in all the plant pots. Now, I know what you're thinking. Yes, you, the listener, I know what you are thinking. You're thinking, but Tiernan, that's exorcisms, not exercising-isms. Yes, I know. But it turns out I look so silly doing exercises or huffing and puffing and falling over that it makes ghosts leave because they have to laugh themselves away. So little tip uh, for any of you, if anyone criticises how your star jumps look more like asteroid tumbles, then you can say, well, at least now you've got no ghosts in your area and then they can check and there won't be and you'll be a hero. I should say, if any of you are afraid of ghosts, um, you really shouldn't be. They're just someone who got trapped in their duvet cover and still hasn't found a way out yet. We've all been there and I'd be angry too if it happened to me. Similarly, werewolves are just wolves who are really, really lost. And bogeymen, well, you just need a tissue to get rid of them. Or you can just eat them if you like that sort of thing. Thank you for listening to this silly old show. And thanks again for all your questions that you are sending in all day, every day with the souffle. I really don't need any more souffles. Please stop sending those in. But if there are still big, important things that you do need to ask about, then please do get those capering jam sloths, sorry, grown ups to help you email us at podcast at comedyclubforkids.co.uk. And it doesn't just have to be questions. It can be jokes that you've written that you'd like me to read out, pictures of the ghosts that got scared of your burpees or your favourite recipe for making shoes on toast. Whatever you like, send it in. Apart from souffles, obviously, please. I've had 12 today and I feel quite sick. Right, and now for this week's importantest bit. Does he ever do any drawing like comic strips? I am joined on today's show by Ben Tajay, a.k.a. Ben with the power of exactly 14 yen. Ben, the founder of Tajay Croquet Ballet and, of course what you're most well-known for, winner of a record-breaking 12 Flemmies for your 2017 film about sneezes, Snotsageddon, starring Achoo Jackman. Um, Ben, it is lovely to have you on the show. Thank you so much. It's a delight to be here. And what delicious accolades you've uh, called out. Um, Making that film about sneezing, let me tell you, it really dries your nostrils out. 
Yes, yes, I felt that when watching it, actually. I think just there was a lovely moment during the film where I was like, I feel like I could sneeze this much, you know, just feel empowered to do so. Yeah, well, that was the purpose of the film. You know, in society, we're told you can't sneeze. You can't sneeze if you're in the bus, if you're in the train. You can't sneeze unless you put your hand in front of your mouth. And I just want audiences to know I believe in sneezing. And I'm glad that you walked out of that film and you felt empowered to sneeze. Please sneeze away. Yes, I mean, it's it's a thing as well that you know. I just don't. I don't think there'd been a film about sneezes before, and people forget what a beautiful sound it is. Like it's such a. Some people do brilliant sneezes. Like like when you hear someone do a really loud one, where it goes like a choo ho or something. And you're like, wow, that's that's amazing. That's like uh, you know, animals don't make noises that brilliant. I completely agree with you, and I'm in the process at the moment of putting together the world's first ever sneeze orchestra. We've gone around the wow. world and we've listened to sneezing in all the cultures, and we've tried to find the best sneezes, and we're putting them together, and we're going to hold a concert next wow. year, and uh, I just can't wait for the world to see this. That's beautiful. Can I, I mean, obviously I don't want to give any spoilers uh, because this sounds really impressive and I think we're probably just going to have to wait and see, but is there a difference in how people sneeze around the world? Are you noticing different, or does everyone sneeze exactly the same? What's, you know, what are you, are you getting any sort of signs from, from your work so far? Well, we're finding that people who live in damper climates, like in the United Kingdom, specifically in Scotland, uh, there's a lot more phlegm in the sneeze. So uh, we have to put up uh, plastic guards in front of those people in the orchestra. And people in drier uh, cultures, say uh, desert climates, um, their sneezes sound a little more hollow, mm. like, like, like the sneeze is coming from the back of a cave. Sort of like a wow. delicious sort of bass drum feel. Um, so we're, we're just big fans of sneezing. We love them. We love them all. And I just would encourage the listener right now to go out and sneeze on something. Yes. And but then say, clean it up. <laughs> what, what I was going to say is, well, you've really caught because at the moment, obviously, we're being told we have to cough into our elbows and we have to fart into our knees and all these kind of safety precautions. But, you know, sneezing, no one said anything about sneezing. I think you're fine to still just sneeze absolutely everywhere you like, aren't you? I don't think I've heard anything about that. I think you're right. No, no, none of the um, none of the sort of medical authorities have said anything about sneezing. And so I, I think I think it's perfectly fine that you and I encourage it. Go out, sneeze on everything, anything you can find. Sneeze on your sister, sneeze on your brother, uh, sneeze in your underpants. Yep. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, what a what a positive note to start the podcast. It's so nice to see you, Ben. And, and I just, I'm so pleased that we can already start by encouraging kids to go and sneeze uh, on their siblings and perhaps even pets. Um, and how, how are you getting on? How, have, you, have you been all right? I've been all right. I mean, I found I found the start of this, um, this uh, pandemic strange and that's probably because um it's it can be difficult to have a change to your rhythms um i used to uh, uh run around as a comedian uh doing shows days nights and all of a sudden no shows and suddenly i got to spend a bit more time really looking at the world and observing it and seeing the trees grow and all of the stray cats in my backyard fighting over supreme <laughs> dominance Wow. Uh, which, is, which has been quite fun. 
That sounds amazing. Was it like a sort of, um, like I'm, I'm imagining a kind of Street Fighter computer game type scenario with sort of a different cat selected each day to take each other on and they sort of narrow it down till there's one winner or has it been yeah. as organized? Yeah, very much. You're, you're, you're bang on the money there. It's the Street Fighter of cats. Uh, we've got one uh, complete, uh, completely white cat at the moment that we call the ghost cat that is currently wow. sort of uh, king of the yard. Um, we also have... Uh, a really long cat who we've <laughs> <laughs> there's really... something immensely funny about a long cat like cats yeah. are sausage dogs you go fair enough we know about you you look like a sausage it's in the name cats aren't meant to be long <laughs> long cats but you know a long cat can really wrap itself around things uh we've decided to call her claudia slinkleman uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing that's an amazing name for a cat. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, my my wonderful uh, flatmate Tom Tuck, a fellow comedian, and I spend hours naming cats. Um, and it is uh, it is definitely an activity well worth spending some time doing. Um, and I think the other thing I've been up to during this pandemic is um, thinking about people who live in very small spaces, like uh, Chris Hadfield on the space station, the International Space oh, yeah. Station. Yeah. I read his book and I found it really inspiring about um, how 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 rich life can still be when you're sort of stuck in a place. And I've tried to transform my bedroom into a space station and think That's of amazing. myself as living living on the space station. That's very cool. I loved I loved uh, Commander Chris Hadfield's book, and, and it, um, I thought it was fantastic. But there was one bit that there was well, there were lots of bits in it that really blew my mind. But one bit was that he said when he was a kid he was scared of heights, so he decided to become a jet pilot. And I went, what? <laughs> that doesn't make sense to me. Like if I was scared of something, I'd never do it. So like I'm terrified of sharks, so I don't go anywhere near sharks. I wouldn't say I'm going to become a shark hugger. I'm going to become a shark's <laughs> best friend. Like, but he went, I'm scared of heights. I'm just going to do it. Like, and I, that amazing. I'm scared of spiders, and I still just don't go anywhere near. Like, if there's a spider in the in the flat, then I'm just like, this is awful. Whereas Chris Hadfield would become that spider's pal, probably attach a little leash, walk it round, and that's really amazing. Like, I it is amazing, isn't it, that he's decided to basically become professionally scared of heights. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I agree <laughs> with you. Like my, I, I'm, I, I'm occasionally good at sort of facing my fears and going, right, I'm going to learn why I'm scared of this and I'm going to, I'm going to live alongside it. But also in our bathroom, we have a cup, a cup labeled specifically the humane spider catcher because everybody <laughs> in our flat is scared of spiders. And we live in a, we live in a place where the spiders aren't poisonous. So Oh, my goodness. I remember the first time I went to visit my family in Tasmania, uh, the island off uh, Australia. Um, I was about five years old and I was playing in the backyard and I lifted up a rock and there was this there was a spider the size of my face. And my granddad oh, no. started laughing oh, no. and was like, yeah, you don't want to touch that. That that will kill you. <laughs> I mean that's just horrendous. That that would that would be the worst thing I could think of in the world. Like it, it just the fact that they've got spiders uh, on that side of the world, which are like you could you could ride to school. Can you? They're just like they're so big. 
And I don't, I don't like even the little one. We've got, um, here's the thing. Now, I don't know if you've heard this, but I, I was told that if you give something a name, then it makes it less scary. So if you've, I might've said this on the podcast before and I apologize to listeners if I have, but there's a whole thing about if you give like a, a an animal a name that you're, if you're scared of it, then it makes it more human. You sort of, you know, you give it a character and we've got a spider in our flat at the moment that my daughter's called Mimi and she talks to Mimi and has big chats with Mimi. But now I'm just scared of Mimi, which sounds even more pathetic because previously I was scared of a spider and now I'm scared of Mimi who sounds lovely and now I just sound rubbish and that's even worse so I think I don't think it works is what I'm saying I think it's rubbish what what name would you give like a a, if if you were confronted by a six meter tiger shark what would you call it like Barry the tiger shark yeah well you'd want to give it I suppose you'd want to give it a name that sort of like softens it a bit like sort of Ian would be quite a good name for a big (laughs) shark because it's hard to be uh, no offense to any Ians out there you might be very scary but I, if I saw a, like if I saw an Ian, I wouldn't be scared of an Ian immediately. I think. I think you know? that's a great name. That is a nice soft name, and uh, yeah, don't go in the water today. Ian's out. Uh, sounds yeah. less scary than uh, you'll get your legs chewed. <laughs> well, that's it. You don't want it like you'll get your legs chewed by Vlad. You go, like, oh no, not Vlad. That would be. It sounds terrifying. Ian. Ian's just having a swim. It's sort of. Uh, it's all in the tone, isn't it? Um, have you have you ever seen a shark? Not not in a, an aquarium, but have you ever sort of um, well, in the in real life in in the wild? Yeah, no, no good. I'm I'm not very good in the sea, and I I um no, I don't really like being in the sea because um it's just really deep. I don't like knowing just how deep it. And I once, um, uh, a few years ago, I was very lucky uh, on on me and my wife's honeymoon. We got to go uh, dolphin swimming with dolphins, but I thought it'd be like a lovely experience in a in a, in a sort of like you know in a shallow pool, and there'd be dolphins, we and they'd be around you. And instead, they just sort of dropped us off in the middle of the sea, and then dolphins, which are actually good at swimming, just went meow meow straight past <laughs> us. And I was just in the middle of the sea, going, oh, I can't keep up with them. I don't know, they're too fast, and it was horrible. And I was very cold and i didn't like any of it and so the idea of being near sharks is, is awful have, have you seen a, an actual one like a real wild shark? um i i i lived in indonesia for 10 years and i went to the uh to krakatoa which is that that ancient volcano that blew up in i think the maybe early 1800s forgive wow. me history for getting that date wrong it blew up and now, rather than being one island in the middle of the sea, it's two islands because it just sort of uh, spat itself everywhere. And I, my brother and I saw, saw a shark there whilst we were swimming um, and very quickly got out of the water. Actually, terrifying. what's interesting about um, walking up Krakatoa, which is still a volcano, um, it, it gets hot as you walk up the side of, of the volcano. And I could start feeling it under my feet. And I was wearing trainers. And near near the top, my trainers started melting. So I was like, right, time to get back down. <laughs> oh, no. That would be awful, wouldn't it? If you just like, if you, I mean, it's, I suppose it's a good place. Like if you were wet. So say if you'd like been for a swim and then you're like, oh, I'm a bit chilly. And then you can walk up the mountain, dry off, and then come back down to cool down again. And then you're a bit too cold. You go back up again. It'd be quite nice for that. Yeah, that's a really good use of a volcano. We should uh, write to the good people of Iceland and let them know. 
guys yes, go for a swim and then right go now. dry yeah. off <laughs> by walking <laughs> up a volcano brilliant idea really brilliant idea my goodness that sounds really exciting um well i was going to ask um you know we're talking about some really exciting things and you, you've turned your room into a little sort of space station which is really impressive um, but a lot of the kids listening to this they might be back at school now but they're still having to be stuck at home a fair amount um, and I just wonder if you've got any good tips for, for if you're stuck at home any good ways of entertaining yourself well that's a good question I love playing the drums I started playing the drums when I was 12 much to my parents chagrin but bless them, they allowed me as long as I was nowhere near the house. And because I live in London in a very small room, it's been hard to obviously play the drums, even fit drums in here. Um, so I've started learning the accordion instead, which is a really fun instrument. And I highly recommend everyone gets into it. What I love about the accordion, um, it's got a piano on one side and you squeeze it back and forth. And on the other side, you've got chord notes. So you're trying to do three things at once. And that teaches you a lot about balance in life. And the other thing about an accordion is the straps go around you. So as you're playing it, you feel like you're getting a hug. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Well, it's also like like we sort of discussed a long cat earlier. Like an accordion's a bit like a long cat in that you kind of, you know, it just can get really long and then really small again. And it's got a brilliant ability to just stretch out and um you know, yes, different sizes. I always find yeah, that really exciting. Absolutely. It's so beautiful, mesmerizing watching an accordion being played and the sound as well of just the air rushing in and out is gorgeous. Um, there's even a button on it where you can let all the air out at once and it goes as if it's wow. lifting off. There's there's an there's a famous accordion shop in Lewisham, which is in South London, called Melodies. And it's been owned by three generations of Italian accordion makers. And they make specialist accordions. And they made one for a band called the Tiger Lilies that has mm. got the longest bellows in it. And it's something like two meters of bellows. So talking about long cats, this is two meters of long musical instrument incredible that sounds amazing and what i also i hope they do in that shop is every time it's a really windy day i hope they leave the door open at one side and the door at the <laughs> other end and just let it blow through and let everything play briefly for a few seconds it'd be the loudest shop on earth it'd be amazing that's such a good idea i wonder if like when when they build extensions to the shop they build them so they're concertinaed as well so you can stretch it out depending on how much stock you have That'd be so just enjoyable. There was, I mean, uh, now, now a, a lot of a, bit, a lot of the, the children listening to this will be too young. The hundred one year olds that listen, you will, you might remember, but all the other children uh, that listen might be too young. There used to be in in um, quite a lot of places around the country there were bendy buses, and bendy buses had a bit in the middle like an accordion, and they were very unpopular. People didn't really like bendy buses, but I always thought if that bit made a sound like an accordion. Every, if every time we went around the corner, and, like I think everyone would love them because it'd be like, here's the accordion bus. That would yes. be the way to, to sell them. Yeah. I remember those buses. I think they were designed in New Zealand. And I suppose maybe New Zealand has windier roads than, than the streets of the big cities in, in the UK. Um, but what I loved about those bendy buses was getting on and then and then um, standing up in the bendy bit and yeah. pretending that I was surfing. <laughs> It yeah, was it was brilliant. And it was kind of rubbery. So you could sort of like stand the bendy bit. But if you fell into the side, you just sort of bounce back up. It was like a bouncy castle in a bus. It was brilliant. Yeah. Yes. So exciting. I, oh, that's such a good description of it. A bouncy castle in a bus. I now want 
that to actually exist. Yes, that would be a, so uh, that's something that should happen. And also because now I, I don't want to suggest that anyone's unsafe, but you probably wouldn't need a seatbelt in a bicycle. I'm, I'm going to get in trouble now, but you probably wouldn't need a seatbelt because like even if you went fast, you'd just be like boing, 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 boing off all the sides. You'd get quite dizzy, but it would be it'd probably be quite safe. I'd have thought. Yeah, and maybe you don't go on go on it for too long. Um, when I graduated from high school, my friends and I pulled our money and rented a bouncy castle in our <laughs> one of our parents' backyards, and um, we all got on it together and accidentally knocked it over, and then it deflated on us. Um, oh no! And it took us about five minutes to try and find our way out of all of that. So you've got to be careful with the old bouncy castle. Wow, that is a terrifying. That's how you defeat in because I don't even know if you know Ben, but from bouncy castles come from history when sort of like there were bouncy kings and bouncy queens and they had bouncy knights, and that was the that was the main week. The reason why they stopped and they went to real castles was because it was very easy to just defeat people. They just sort of you just get a pin, yeah, and that would be yeah, it'd be over. It was Boun- quite, bouncy yeah. jousters bouncing in a bouncy castle mm-hmm. is only going to result in a lot of flatulence deflation and and then if you know what are you going to do when things start raining um you're going to be lost under a swathe of vinyl i think wasn't that era known as the bouncy era yes it was it was yeah the bouncies yeah absolutely yeah and was that was that before the plantagenets before Uh, or the tudors i think it was before the no before the tudors i think Mm. Yeah, definitely. And then there was an era before that, wasn't there, where they, I think they, I think they just drew their castles out of crayons, mm. but they couldn't actually, but the, yeah, it wasn't very good because it was just on paper. It didn't really work very well. There's been a lot of era. But you have to make mistakes to know how to make things work, don't you? So you sort of Absolutely. Like the, the crayon era, which presumably came after the, the cave painting era was Mm. You, the people who came after that, the sandcastle builders, the sandcastle era, they wouldn't have known what to build if they didn't have the drawings from the That's crayon right. era. Yes, yeah, and then the the then after all those years of the sandcastle getting washed away, then they learned well, we probably need something a bit more waterproof, which then came the bouncies. And it's, mm. yeah, it's, so it's all evolution, isn't it? It all makes absolute sense. Yeah, yeah. It's very clever. Um, I, I wanted to ask Ben if you don't mind. You know, you said you haven't got um. You haven't got room where you are for drums. I mean, there is something that, you know, and this is something my daughter's quite good at. A lot of things can be drums. Like a lot of stuff, if you just hit it with two sticks or two forks or whatever, it can be drums. That is a, that's such a good uh, way to see the world. Anything can be a drum. You're right. <laughs> Anything can be Anything drums. Anything can yeah. be a drum. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and I think my, that's a good way to, my, you know, if, if, if you are stuck at home without drums, you can still have drums. I mean, my daughter occasionally uses my head as a drum, uh, which I, I'm less happy about. But there are, you know, there are other things you can do to make that noise. You can you can definitely, you've got to make sure it's your own one and no one else's. Um, but you can definitely use your butt as a drum. Oh, yeah, butt drums. Absolutely butt drums. Yeah. No, yeah. definitely butt drums work really well. Um, and I think, yeah, pots and pans are pretty good um boxes pretty good Desks, boxes are so... great you got to be careful if you're using pets ask their permission and yes, just be course. very soft um but some good noises from pets occasionally like you know if you gently gently drum the top of a cat's head meow 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 that, and that's different <laughs> to sort of drum you use that as a lo- and again we're talking like your sneeze orchestra 
a variety of different pets. If you go from sort of gerbils through to larger animals like dogs, maybe a big St. Bernard, you could have a mm. real, real depth of sounds. Yeah, maybe we should set up a pet orchestra. I think there's this beautiful style of drumming um, in jazz music, especially where you use brushes and you stroke the drums rather than hit them. And oh. I think if you if 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 you find a cat and you stroke a cat gently, you'll get a very very interesting sound out of it—a sort of purring, which sounds a bit like a drum being uh, hit very softly. That's nice. That's a much nicer way to do any sort of pet pet drumming. I think it's definitely <laughs> a really good plan uh, and far safer. Um, brilliant. Well, Ben, thank you. These have been amazing tips so far. And it's um, so good talking to you already. We've got a very important question for you in a second. But before I do, the, the thing that uh, I ask all the guests on this is that, you know, this is an audio podcast. Listeners listen to this. As I say every week, I think I li they listen to it with their ears. I don't know. They may choose to listen to it with their feet or their bums. People have different preferences i'm not going to judge but assuming they listen to it with their ears um i just wonder if you've got a favorite noise uh, that you could either make for us or, or tell us about oh a favorite noise a favorite noise i i play in a band we are all comedians we're not trying to be a funny band we do like just playing music and our bass player the marvelous andy barr creates this amazing slapping sound on his bass. It's like, bum, 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 bum. and he does it with his thumb and it's really funky. And I love that sound. I've loved it since I was a kid. I remember my dad playing funk records in the house and that sound is on all of them. I love it. What about you? Do you have a favorite sound of, of today well, or do you know the what week? You saying that that is it is one of the coolest sounds. There's something about that bass noise, bow, bow, like it, it's it's immensely cool. And I don't know why, because like me saying it now, I don't think that sounds as cool. Like someone <laughs> someone going bow bow isn't very cool. But then when a bass does like bow, but it's it's the coolest noise. And I can't work out what it is. There's something about it. Like if you, I would always want that noise like playing. Like say when I walked anywhere, you want it walking down the street. Bow 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 bow. Yes. Bow. Like it's already the coolest thing that you could have. Definitely. If if you had your own theme tune, you'd definitely want that bass slap in there. But you're right. That uh, apologies to all the listeners that Tunin and I have both done really bad impressions of bass slapping. You you have to go out there and find a bass slapping record, um, yeah, and enjoy yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Uh, yeah, but I mean, I thought your one your one was slightly better than mine. I, I've I've got a I need to work on mine. That's a pretty good noise. I was trying to think. You asked me for my favorite noise, which no one ever ever does on this show i've mainly been asking other people and um it's quite it's quite tricky actually i um see the other day uh my daughter found um it was her birthday and she got given a because i've got very cruel friends they gave her a toy bow and arrow set because they aren't parents and they obviously dislike me and um it's got like these arrows which got like a soft <laughs> they've got like a soft pom-pom at the end of the arrow so they're quite gentle but she used those to absolutely drum a whole load of balloons and i can't make the noise but it was incredibly satisfying right it just sounds sound like a great yeah it was beautiful and i recommend if you do have that uh any sort of soft pom-pom on a stick and a balloon use that as a drum it is it is pretty good it is, pretty it is good. really fun shooting balloons with like a nerf gun mm. in fact i even put that into one of my comedy shows once i got the audience i i hid uh stories on bits of paper inside balloons and they all hung at the back of the stage and i got all i gave the front the audience in the front row nerf guns and they shot the balloons and they exploded and then i got to read the stories and it was really fun every day to watch that so satisfying. <laughs> 
I just want to shoot Nerf guns at balloons. That sounds brilliant. That sounds absolutely brilliant. Um, right, well, uh, Ben, oh, that sounds too good. Um, right, the other thing I've got to check with you, obviously, is that this is a uh, a show that is suitable for everyone of all ages, from sort of minus five all the way to infinity plus one. Um, and I've just got to check uh, that you know that, and, and if there are any rude words that you definitely won't be saying on this podcast. I'm not going to be using the following words. Uh, flange rider, mm. rim tickler, Food clay or butt Ooh. dough? Good. I'm very, I'm very. Food clay is particularly awful, and I'm very glad you won't be saying that. It's I mean, awful. Rest of them are sort of fine. <laughs> Apologies for using it. I did. My brother and I used to call um, what the human body produces food clay. Oh wow, that's an amazing. I, I mean, what's horrible? What's particularly horrible about that is that that would mean that someone out there might use food clay to make pottery with. And then yes. you might have to have a bowl that was made of food clay, which is disgusting. It is disgusting. Don't eat, bo- don't eat from bowls made of food clay. Don't drink from glasses made of food clay. Um, my, flat, my other wonderful flatmate, Isabel Adam, uh, told me that apparently um, people used to make leather. Genuinely, they used to dry out food clay and, and, and make leather from it which is just disturbing. Imagine the smell. But also, like, some people wear leather jackets they think they're super cool. But if they were walking around wearing a leather jacket that was made of poo, that would be the least cool thing in the world. Ever. I think that that would be really, really horrible. Like, just walking into a bar smelling of old dried poo. That's really horrible. Wow. Well, food clay. And can I just check, is butt dough similar to food clay? Or yeah, is that a specifically is... doughy butt that you can make into some <laughs> butt bread? I guess it could be both, but it is similar to food clay. It just describes the quality of the food clay. Mm. It describes the sort of softness. Maybe you've been eating a lot of beetroot that week. Maybe mm. a lot of spinach. I don't know. But I can see from the look on your face whilst we talk about this that we quickly need to get off the subject because I mean, this is all, I'm just disgusting. I'm really pleased that you're not going to say food clay even once, and I definitely won't say it, and, I, and hopefully butt dough or any of your other words. It's just, I'm very pleased it's not going to be mentioned at all on this show, and, and I thank you f- for that. Um, right, Ben, the reason I've got you on this show, you know, I try and get, I try and get experts in... That, that know specifically how to deal with the questions that, that the listeners sent in. And we've had one that I just think, I think you're perfect for, Ben. I think you're going to be able to really help with this. And this question has been sent in from Carlo, age 10. Now, I should just say, Carlo has said, P.S., I'm actually a two-month-old kid disguised as a 10-year-old one. Ha, 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 ha. What? I mean, <laughs> I should be angry. And they've also said, P.S.S., do you allow two-month-old? Well, obviously, we allow every single age, right? Ob- apart from 101-year-olds for a few episodes, and now they're allowed again but but i'm more impressed that a two-month-old could ask a question like the one we've got and, and type quite so well so if anything carlo it's quite impressive like it's... i agree i think any two-year-old who's expertly disguised themselves as a 10-year-old is allowed on this show no, ben, you have a skill he's a two-month-old he's oh two i'm that's old. even more impressive Tiny. two months yes. yeah goodness yeah. me Congratulations exactly. on that skill set. I I couldn't even like roll over at two months old, no. let alone disguise myself as a ten year old and email. Well, that's it. I mean, I was mainly crying and pooing myself. I think I assume I don't remember it. <laughs> but it, here at two months old, in between sort of drinking lots of milk and being sick everywhere, that's what babies do. Carlo is Carlo is posing some very incredible questions. Um, so well done, Carlo. And and 
Carlo's question is, I mean, it's quite a classic one, but it's a very important one. And so, Ben, I feel like you're good at this. Carlo has asked, if a tree falls in the woods and there's no one there to hear it, does it still make a sound? Hmm. I'm just consulting my expertise and it says, yes, of course. The tree wow. yells out to all its mate trees to help pick it up, but they never do. They yeah. just laugh. And that is what the sound of wind rustling through leaves is. It's not actually wind rustling through leaves. It's a tree that's fallen over being laughed at by other trees. Wow. I mean, I've got a lot of questions here. I mean, for a start, I didn't think trees were that mean because that's quite mean, isn't it? It's if really all... mean. If your yeah. mate falls over, pick him up. Yeah, and I also mean, trees okay, have got so maybe, many arms. Maybe have... like... <laughs> that's so true. Trees have got so many arms to choose from and they're so tall. They could just reach down and do it easily, but they don't bother, do they? So rude. I mean, it, it depends on if it's a comical fall over. Like I, I've never seen a tree slip on anything. So like if a tree fell over, fell on a banana skin, and then all its tree friends laughed, I'd sort of go, "Well, that's that's kind of fair because that is it is fair. inherently funny." Yeah, definitely. I mean, if the, if a tree was taking a stroll down to a stream to have a drink and slipped on the mossy bank, and the other trees were like, <laughs> "You yeah. twit, fair play, that's fair game." But to just fall over because maybe you're tired or you know, trees stand up for so long. How yeah. can they not, like, get tired and want to go, right, I need a lie down, you know? Um, it's it. just unfair to laugh at your mate when, 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 when they're trying to take a break, you know? That's it. It just must get exhausted. Standing all day and all night. I mean, they're just always standing. And then, uh, and then, if anything, the tree then gets to lie down forever. It's probably at the last laugh, really, because it doesn't have to do anything from then on. No, not at all. It just needs to rot and be consumed by beetles. And I guess that's probably quite nice. I imagine being eaten by beetles actually feels yeah, quite nice. Probably, yeah, it's probably definitely quite nice, I'd have thought. Yeah. I, I, I wondered, because, you know, the, the part of the question is, if, if a tree falls in the woods, there's no one there to hear it, does it make a sound? But you're saying that we do hear it, we just hear it through wind noises. And I'm guessing the other trees hear it, squirrels hear it. Be, like there's very rarely is there a tree and absolutely nothing at all around it when it falls over. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't think trees on their own last for very long. They get lonely and um and bored and they just choose to fall over. But even then, you know, the rocks might hear it or 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 the blades of grass. You know, most things in life are sentient. Most things in life have ears. You just need to look really closely to see the ears on a blade of grass. Yeah, yeah. I'd in fact, I'd, I'd... In, interestingly, when you hear grass being cut, it's not the sound of the lawnmower. It's the sound of all the grass blades saying, give us back our ears, but in grass language. Sure. And they go, eh, like, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Yes, that's it. Yeah. They're getting angry. That's amazing. I mean, that's quite a relaxed thing. Because if I was like a blade of grass and there was a big whirring sort of lawnmower coming towards me, I wouldn't be saying it back my ears. I'd be going, ah, <laughs> this is terrifying. It's like a horror movie. But obviously grass is quite used to this and they're like, can we just have our ears back? Please? Yeah, grass is pretty mellow as far as the plants go. They're all about keeping it low down and uh, letting people lie down on them, having picnics. So, you know, they don't complain, but they do mm. say, give us back our ears. But it does sound like... <laughs> That's sure. just grass speak. 
And you've got to be attuned to you're obviously someone that is attuned to this kind of this nature noise. Um, and I just wonder, is there, is there anything that makes a terrible noise in nature? Is there anything that really does complain a lot or, you know, that you, you wish you couldn't hear? Yeah, waterfalls. Waterfalls just don't <laughs> shut up, do they? <laughs> do they? They're just always no. complaining. Oh, moany, 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 moany. But forever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Because if I suppose for, for people that don't know what they're saying... They always say, oh, it's quite nice. It's a relaxing sound of a stream or a lovely relaxing sound of a waterfall. But I guess if you are if you know what it's saying, it's actually awful. It's awful. It's like, a, it's like all of the worst complaints that a teenager might have with all of the worst complaints that a call centre might ever receive, with all of the worst complaints that the BBC might get from uh, viewers together at once. Wow. Wow. And it's I mean, wet. Can- <laughs> can I can I play slight devil's advocate? I suppose again, if you're if you're falling, you'd probably be a little bit upset. Like if if your whole life is ah falling, you'd probably be a little bit upset. Do you know what I mean? I wouldn't like yeah, to be falling all the time. That is fair. I haven't thought of that. Yeah, free falling forever might be hard. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's very. This is very interesting because Me- you know, I I know that like for example, we all like the sound of bird song, but often birds are actually saying, "I'm gonna fight you because this is my nest," and actually, it's quite angry. They just happen to say it in a really lovely way. Yeah, it's true. I mean, the birds birds tweeting at each other is a bit like watching uh, traders on the stock exchange. They're all yelling all the time. Can I have this twig? Can I have this twig? Can I have your twig? Can I have a bit of hair? Can I have get away from my nest? Get away from my nest? Why are you in my nest? It's all that all the time, but it sounds nice to us. So I think what we're saying here is just don't take things at face value. Really dig a little bit deeper, find out what's going on there. And and most of the time, uh, you might find that nature is actually appalling. Wow. <laughs> is there, is there, can I, I mean, you know, because we started obviously being very positive about sneezes on the on the show. And I, I just wonder, if is there another way to look at things? If, you, if we stop paying attention to anything that anyone says, will it all sound much nicer? Like if you see people say shouting at each other on the bus, that's my seat or get off the bus. But actually if you tune out, does it start sound like, you know, does it become like beautiful bird song? Would we be a lot happier? I think that's a really good bit of advice. It's a good way of seeing it. Yeah. Just uh, tune out and uh, in, enjoy it as peripheral sounds like uh, the waves washing up on a beach. Yeah, that's, maybe that's, that's the lovely. way we should think of every bus journey. The conversation going on around us is just the sound of waves. That's nice, and also you see, listeners will probably have their grown-ups that they live with complain at them at some point. Tidy up your room, you know. Are you going to leave that mess there? And if they just tune out, it could sound really beautiful. Yeah, I think that's right. You know, if you've got someone saying, "Do your homework, empty the bins, help lay the table, help wash up the dishes," you know, just tune it out, and very soon it will become relaxing ocean waves. If you start even seeing your parents, your guardians, as uh, as waves um, on the shore, it, it can help as well. Visualize it before you even hear something come out of their mouth. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. I think that's really good advice. Really good advice. Um, yeah, so, I mean, that's, you've answered that fairly quickly, actually. So Carlo wanted to know if a tree falls in the woods and there's no one there to hear it. It, it does indeed make a sound. And in fact, the other trees around it make a sound. And everything ever makes it. It's really, the world's really noisy, Ben. It's really endlessly noisy. It can be noisy. And and I want, wondered, Tiernan, if on that note, uh, we could play a game together. 
um, regarding noise. You see, my band doesn't have a name and we're struggling to come up with good ones. We've thought of things like Maroon 4, Swamp Hotel, Supply Teachers, but this game I'd like to play with you is called the Band Naming Game. And listeners out there can play it with their friends. All you need to do is, on the count of three, we we both say the first word that comes into our head. No rude words. Definitely not food clay. And we put those two words together and we we try to see if that is a good band name. And an, an extension to the game is when you hear that band name, that new band name being conjured, you try to think of the, the type of the band it might be, the genre of music they might play, the sort of things they might wear. Does that sound doable? And it sounds amazing and I'm very excited. Wonderful. So let's clear our heads and jumble up some words in there. And then on three, we'll both say a, a word together, the first word that comes into our head. Here we go. One, two, three, jam. Piglet. Piglet jam. All right. Whoa. Nice. Piglet jam. Yeah. We said, that sounds, of... I mean, that sounds a bit mean to Winnie the Pooh's best friend. <laughs> if, you, if we've been turning him into jam, that sounds a bit... But maybe that's it's jam true. Makes. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It might be so it could be a folk band. If it's if it's Piglet's jam, then I guess mm. it's a folk band, it's wholesome. But if it's Piglet jam, it sounds a bit a bit grungy. It sounds like yeah. uh, you know, quite loud music. We um, are Piglet Jam. Yeah, there's yeah. something very, very grumpy about it. <laughs> do you wanna do you that's... wanna do another one? One more? Uh yeah, okay. Um let's uh yeah, let's go for it. All right. Uh one, two, three, banana. Whisk. What was your word? Whisk. And you, banana said, whisk. you say banana. Banana oh, that's, whisk. That's great. I like that a lot. That's a whisk made, made of banana, so it's not going to last very long. It could be a pop name for sure. There was that great band in the 80s called Bananarama. Yeah. Banana whisk is something quite jazzy to me about banana whisk. Banana whisk. You know, yeah, so it's something totally. they might mutter while playing, uh, improvising. Or wearing a lot of velour and, uh, yeah. and, and nice purple sort of suede. Banana. That's pretty good. I like that. Oh, Can we give it one more go for the sake yeah, of? Uh, do, okay. do you want to count uh, us in this time? I'm gonna. I'm gonna count you in. Okay. So, one, two, three. Sharks. Box. Shark box. Box sharks. sharks. That's quite good. That is box quite sharks good. Is great. Box sharks. Yes. Are you going to be afraid of them? Are you okay with bands that have sharks in the title? It depends if the sharks are in a box. If the sharks are in a box, I'm less afraid. <laughs> But if, if if someone had sent me a box of sharks, I'd be horrified. <laughs> but yeah, it's a, a tricky, box of sharks. Yeah. That, that sounds like a sort of maybe a punky band or an indie band. I can imagine them being quite young, jumping around on the stage. Box sharks. Yeah, cool it's good. Banner, nice font. It's good. Well, I hope that's given you some inspiration. I hope that that it helps. Has. With the band. Thank you so much. I'm going to go back to the band with these names and ask them if if we can be called any of them. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, Britt, well, thank you so much for joining me, Ben. And, and good luck with not only your sneeze orchestra, but also uh, the cat fights. Um, and I hope that that one day there is an eventual winner and we, we find out about it on the news. And uh, and good luck with your, your Space Centre room as well. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Great to see you, Tin. And, and to all the listeners, take care and be good to each other. Do you ever do any drawing like comic strips? 
Huge thanking times to Ben Target for such a profound and perfect answer to two-month-old Carlo's question. Well, he's so brainy for his age, isn't he? I can't believe he sent that in at two months old. Anyway, I hope you will all think about all the sounds that you make from now on, including this one. Don't forget, if you'd like to send in a question or anything at all, then get your capering jam sloth, sorry, grown-ups, to help you email us at podcast at comedyclub4kids.co.uk. And if you fancy saying nice things about this show, or really silly things, or anything at all, then please give us a nice five-star review on whichever podcast platform you listen to us on, or train platform, or diving platform. But if you do that, do it before you jump, as you won't want the podcast to get wet. It'll break. And if your grown-ups fancy buying us a biscuit or 12, then they can do that at ko-fi.com forward slash comedy club for kids or via the ACAST supporter button too. I'll have a jammy dodger, please. Thank you. I'm off to get rid of a gargoyle by running on the spot like I have ants in my pants. Bye! You have been listening to Comedy Club for Kids Presents. Radio nonsense, radio nonsense, radio nonsense, radio nonsense, it's the end.